0: Suit up in style with Mr. Mac and Alema Harrington. Enter now at 1280thezone.com to win a pair of Cole Haan shoes from Mr. Mac and an outfitting shopping experience with Alema during the remote on December 11th. Alema will personally pick you out an outfit. Compliments of Mr. Mac. It's an outfit, PK. Yes, it is. Get yourself an outfit. I think more a suit. Well, it doesn't say suit. It says outfit. I know it does. <laughs> and then that reminds me of your funny family story, which your wife confirmed. You're running gag.
1: Get an outfit, and then if you receive a lot of gifts in our household, you have to follow it up with make out like a bandit. (laughs) (laughs) My wife bought our fourteen year old. It was she went and bought some shoes. Likes the Vans, and then I guess the other with the deal they had going, you get a half price on the other Vans. Mm -hmm. So she bought two sets. Made out like a man. So I, she came home and she. I'm watching football and she was so excited. And you know, you still have the 14 year old. You're still a cute. You're still a cute kid. Uh-huh. They haven't gotten under your skin yet. Right. That's to come. And she comes down and and she's got socks. And they have colored socks and have different things. Look at this, man. They got bacon slices on my socks. (laughs) And they still have that innocence, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And then she's so excited about the shoes, two different pair. I said, man, you know what you make out like? A bandit? (laughs) Yeah, a bandit. (laughs) So you got to get yourself an outfit and make out like a bandit.
0: Make out like a bandit.
1: I'm looking at the scheduling here. I mean, Oklahoma's playing... They're playing five teams that were ranked at the time they played them. Um, Okay, but are they really good? I mean, they were ranked at the time they played them. Doesn't matter. You're comparing it to
0: Utah's schedule. You're not comparing it to are they really good. So who's not ranked now? Who fell
1: apart? Texas? Yes. 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 And Kansas State, which they lost to by seven points, at Kansas State, much like at SC, I thought the 8-4. I think that's the one argument that's off the table here. There's
0: a lot of cliches you hear this time of year. Strength of schedule, eyeball test, who
1: had the best loss. You don't think scheduling is in favor of Oklahoma?
0: It is. But I think the who had the best loss argument is off the table because they both lost on the road date in fourteen, Which teams. is
1: why I don't even include it. I agree right. with you
0: 100%. So that one we don't have to hear. No. Yeah, but the scheduling, I think the scheduling, yeah, a the scheduling up. argument that I think the Utes have a hard time with is that Oklahoma, even with Oklahoma State, if they're unranked when it's all said and done, assuming they fall out here because they lost Oklahoma, that Oklahoma beats Baylor and they're 2 0 against ranked teams and the Utes are 1 1. And I can totally see that stat coming out of the mouth of a committee member on the TV show when they announced Oklahoma got the four seed. Well, what it came down yeah, to is yeah, against yeah, ranked yeah, teams, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma was two and zero, and Utah was one and one. I can totally see that. To me, that is the biggest unanswerable for a Ute fan right now. Is why do you say that's wrong? No. Now, your ability to dominate the opposition as opposed to winning and escaping. If I were an Oklahoma fan, I do not want to have that argument with Utah because they win I it.
1: I don't think that matters. It may not. But what I, I matters... Don't think, I don't think you... That's not an argument you want to bring up because that just shows your conference really sucks.
0: Well, Iowa State's a 7-5 and five team and they're winning by one point. They're not blowing them off. Blowing Again,
1: them that... I.
0: I and TCU you, has a losing record and they barely escaped. Yeah, that's true. You do have Washington. <laughs> so. But you have the other seven and five teams that you did pretty much wipe the floor with.
1: A backup quarterback and a freshman quarterback. Yep. Congratulations. Cal and ASU. I don't I don't think you I just don't think you win those. I'd stay off the schedule completely. What you need to do Friday night is just destroy the Oregon Knights. And believe me, that would be so sweet. And Devin, I haven't heard from you. You've been awfully quiet here the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Devin! <laughs> I never even met you. But all I know Oh, I met you, him. You run your mouth. I know you have. He works you know, him I down. Know, I know you have. That's Devin. why I said I haven't. You run your mouth a lot, but you ain't run your mouth the last two weeks. You, so. want, me to, you want me to tweet at him? I can no. find him. No. no. Devin, what do you have to say about this title no. game? So, if you're the youth if I'm Kyle... And I have with the so-called style points. First of all, it's Oregon, and you should always look to kick the crap out of them if you have the opportunity. Score seventy-five if you if you can if you can just because it's Oregon. Oregon is just basically a hooker. The Knights—that's who they are. So if you go out there Friday night, national television audience, and Herb Streets, the number one dude, he's there, and you beat these guys by twenty-five or more. I don't think there's any way you keep the Utes out. And that would suck if they got kept out. But come Monday morning or Saturday, Sunday night on television, I would be proclaiming this an outstanding season and hold your head high because some ding-dongs on some committee didn't invite you. Who gives a flying you-know-what? <laughs> That's the way I would look at it. But if you just dominate the Ducks or the and Knights— everybody, Then everybody we- wakes
0: up Saturday morning
1: to see if Oklahoma can
0: dominate Baylor
1: hmm They would you have know,
0: to. Match, you know, blowout It would be blowout. like,
1: well there, was, well, there was one year, I forget the players in the NBA, they're trying to get who's going to be the leading scorer in the league, and somebody the day before oh, scored yeah. 62, and somebody did 71. Somebody. or Robinson and And so it was like, it, yeah. it, so when Oklahoma, if that happens, when they take the field on Saturday, whatever that margin of victory was for Utah, they'll need to be better than that. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what it boils down to. It's kind of ridiculous that that's what it would boil down to. Okay, but that's
0: the system. But the system, you always say, follow the money. The system wasn't there. The system was there not only to make the most money. But to share it as little as possible.
1: Which is why I think Oklahoma has the advantage over Utah because is, they'll bring
0: in more money. Which is why a 12-1 and Ohio State Big Ten champion got left out last year. This system isn't built to accommodate every year. A lot of years, you get a Stanford, Washington, Penn State that win a Power 5 league and they have two or three losses. But last year, they had to leave out 12-1 and Ohio State because they had three unbeatens and 12-1 and Oklahoma got in. Hmm? And this year we got three unbeatens, yeah. and we could have two 12-1 Which is why I again. didn't
1: fear Alabama, and so I didn't celebrate Alabama losing to Auburn because I didn't think it mattered. I didn't think they were going to get in just because of the very reason why Ohio State didn't get in last year. They didn't win the thing, so they weren't going to get in. Same thing with Alabama, so... And I know Kyle says he never talks I mean, he doesn't worry about that stuff. But then you see the thing in the locker room, two things. Uh, whatever the num- number one was, and the second one was Alabama lost. Huh. So clearly, I mean, here he is screaming Alabama lost. Well, one year they
0: did get in without winning their division, so everybody's worried it happen again. We favored child. I don't status. think it was going
1: to happen. And Not with especially with two out. I don't think it was going to happen. And Tua's absence was the reason why they lost the game when the two pick sixes. It was a fun game to watch, for sure, just as a fan. But I don't think Alabama was much of a threat to Utah. I think Utah was going to be fine, and they were going to catch them, if not this week, then next week. Obviously, they're out now, so they've caught them. I never thought Alabama was that. They they were way down on my list of teams that were going to get Utah in terms of being ahead of them. I still think it's Oklahoma 1, Georgia 2, although Georgia 1 if Georgia wins. If Georgia wins, then I don't see where the Utes have much of a claim.
0: Because Georgia's sitting on a bunch. Of, Georgia yeah. could end up with more wins over ranked teams than Oklahoma and Utah combined. Exactly,
1: Had, and I that's, know they lost to South Carolina, who was four and eight. Yeah. I get all that, but that's I that's why I was willing to give Oregon the pass with uh, Auburn with Auburn. Yeah, you're going losing one game by a few points. Uh, and that, that's football. That's competition, man.
0: It was early on and, in the season, And too. so what? Well, and there's plenty of national champions that have had that Correct. on their resume. Yeah, I mean... In any era. It's why yeah. I'm,
1: I'm more than willing to give Utah the pass. They lost one game. The guys made so NFL guys made plays against your NFL guys. All right. I can live with that. I can live with, Every time. 100% of the time, I can live with that. One time, NFL guys made plays over your NFL guys. It happens. And you fumbled going in for a, a touchdown with a backup running back right at the goal line. All right. That's just the fates that determine, help determine the game. So be it. It happened. But I'm not going to penalize you greatly for that. And I don't think they should be penalized greatly for that. Go ahead. I think that your, your recipe, I think Oklahoma's going to beat Baylor. But what I need for Utah to do is just put it to the Knights. Just drill them. Just send them out whimpering, and then I think that can get you where you need to be.
0: That's Phil Knight, people. If you're just joining the show, Nike guy with tons of cash who turned a nothing athletic department into a powerhouse. Everybody's in, they—they're not
1: just joining the show. They've <laughs> been think, with us for years. I
0: think when teams win, the casual fans come aboard. So you—you uh, you think uh, Oklahoma beats Baylor? Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think the spread is? Have you seen it? I have not. Want to take a shot? I would say nine, nine and a half. Hmm,
1: Not a bad pick. Not bad at all. LSU and Georgia. That's going to be a whale of a ball game, I think. Although, man, that Pickens dude. Well, when you're 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 punching the the uh, other guy, what are you thinking? what's going through your mind that, oh, no one's going to notice this? (laughs) I'm
2: going to get away with (laughs) it.
1: And you're just roundhousing left and right for like
0: 20 yards from the field into the sidelines? Georgia and Georgia Tech in the end zone. It wasn't good. And it's Georgia Tech. How is that even a rivalry? Show some discipline, man. You're a receiver that the ball club needs. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and you've got this massive game next week. If you beat LSU, you are you literally can win the national title. And no one would say, wow, I didn't punches. see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. And you're out there just throwing punches thinking, what's going through your mind? What could possibly have been said that got you that upset? Got to be a Your Mama joke. That, that, I don't know what else. There's nothing there. There's nothing. How stupid was that? And I realize you're a kid, but come on. He,
0: we, he is a, He's. He's on the young side too, wasn't he? Is he a freshman? But still, and I get. Yeah, but, but still. Yeah, you, I
1: can handle the pushing and shoving and a personal foul. Right, right, right. That's fine. But but, the, but the, throwing the, the punches. Yeah, like yeah. twenty punches. I know it was repeated. It was repeated.
0: <laughs> you got to stop, dude. You're gonna. You're gonna get kicked out of the next this game. This is not Nevada UNLV. Yeah. here. Come
1: on. And then right. So, <laughs> and now he doesn't play in the first didn't half. You want to go to that bowl game anyway? So. Uh, that spread uh, LSU by six, maybe seven. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all those games.
0: What would be cool, and it would be totally, it would be, it would be chaos that we used to see in the BCS era. I don't think we've seen it as much in this college football playoff format. Maybe I'm forgetting games. If Clemson, who doesn't play ranked teams, is their league fell apart, their non-league schedule wasn't any good, if Clemson gets shocked by Bronco Hall in Virginia. Oklahoma and Utah could both get in, and all these words were spewing out into the air don't mean anything. Even better, right? But they're but, but they're like forty point favorites. Yeah, they're twenty nine point yeah. favorites. They are. Clemson. Well, once you hit a
1: certain number, Clemson should roll.
0: I mean, they they should roll. It's like
1: you go to the racetrack and they'll have the odds on the board and they'll show a hundred to one. It doesn't go any higher than that. <laughs> so once you get twenty nine, it doesn't twenty 29-40. They don't want to put
0: the the light bulbs no, they, out there for two hundred to one. They don't.
1: <laughs> no, it's just, unless it's changed in the years yeah. that I've been there. Yeah, which is 101 was the maximum that they could put up there. Uh, so, yeah, no one sees that happening. But how about this? Ute fans, is this the first and only time you'll root for Bronco All, Or have you let the hatred for Bronco go? And for me, if I was a Ute fan, I would have zero problem rooting for Bronco.
0: It's all about your interest yeah, at this it's point. all about and Clemson yeah. getting a loss with no—Dabo Sweeney went nuts over the weekend. Nobody wants us in. And the clearly they've been scarred because they keep dropping a spot every week. They started oh, at number 1 scarred. and dropped to 5. And they started freaking out over it. Now they're back up to 3 because the undefeated's in front of them lost. They're scared. If that's—
1: uh, Clemson's problems. I would no, love to that's, have them.
0: That's their problem. They're worried they'll lose a game and be left out, and they would have the worst resume if they ended up debating. They're club worried one. they're not
1: going to get enough respect by winning. And and Dabo's just playing games with his ball club, So good for him. Good on him. Mental uh, the yeah. mental edge. Nobody because believes you know in you. That yeah. You can't complain. You can't say well. Nobody in the ACC believes in us. So you got to pick on some folks out there. They're the enemy. And they're the ones who disrespected they you. They want us yeah. out of the tournament. That and was an awesome line. You know, you've won like 87 games in a row. And you've, you're, you're a five-touchdown favorite going into your conference final game. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Ohio
0: State-Wisconsin, point spread? You're a big believer in the Buckeyes. No, I'd go 13. <laughs> Ohio State by 16-and-a-half. Oh, even higher than I thought. Yeah, over Wisconsin. They're in uh, Indianapolis. They're,
1: loaded. They're absolutely loaded. Don't forget, LSU's quarterback's getting a ton of run. He got beat out. He didn't want the competition with Ohio State. He left. And I watch Ohio State. I watch them. They bring in, so what's his, What's the kid's name, Fields? He gets, uh, yeah, they took him out for a little bit. They bring in the backup. He's just throwing lasers. <laughs>
0: watch this. I got this, coach. Yeah. yeah. Ohio State's the one who rolled off the awesome season with uh, three different quarterbacks. Chris Chuganov was the backup.
1: Yeah, and he looked awesome. I didn't even know.
0: I couldn't even tell. Uh, Chuganov, yeah, I had no idea who their backup was. But,
1: I mean, you couldn't tell any difference. Between, oh, if oh, it's a wide shot, and you can't see a number or a well, name. Well, on the or, way yeah. he played. Yeah. I'm just no. I'm talking about the eyeball test. He comes in there, and they're not just handing off. He's there. Boom. He's doing his thing. He's like, hey, this is no big deal. He's a stud. They got one stud after another there. The way I understand it, he's actually a graduate transfer in his own right from West Virginia. Well, he looked great. He was just in there for a short time, and maybe at that point Michigan was just mentally beat down. I don't know, but he still looked great. Ohio State, that's the reality of it. If you get in the fourth spot, you probably are going to play Ohio State. And what better chance to prove it? At that point, you'd have nothing to lose, as long as you didn't get drilled. If you lost if you lost Ohio State in the first round, or the semifinal, I guess you call it, and it was a competitive game, eh, nothing wrong with that. Well, Ohio State's already drilled
0: Wisconsin once. Late October, they beat them 38-7. to Now it was at home. Now it'll be on a neutral field. I guess at least Wisconsin doesn't have to go back to Columbus, but I don't think it's going to be all that different. I don't either. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network analyst, joins us next to talk about the Utes in Oregon. Stay with us.
2: And now, Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Jazz split their games over the weekend after a bad first half in Memphis. They rallied to win 103-94, but after an awful first half in Toronto, down by 40 at the break, they rally and lose by 20, 130-110. Jazz wrap up the five-game road trip tonight in Philly against the Sixers, 5 o'clock on NBA TV and AT&T Sportsnet. The Zone's coverage starts at 4 with the pregame show. NFL football. Monday night game features Minnesota and Seattle. If Seattle wins, they improve to 10-2. and They'd be one of five teams in the NFL tied for the best record in the league at 10-2. and Patriots suffer their second loss, taken down in Houston, 28-22. Ravens give San Francisco their second loss. Baltimore beats San Francisco 20-17 on a field goal as time runs out. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Your guests will notice and your toes will thank you. Call Zero Res for a holiday carpet cleaning. Just $33 per room and your fourth room is free December only. Happy holidays from your friends at Zero Res. Call them at 801-288-9376.
2: This, is this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's
0: what you want. I need you to bear with me on this because I'm going to role play with Coach Mack. So we're playing the rival game, and you run an incredible play, and we get the ball in offensively. We get the ball in, and it's now 20 to 21. And all we got to do is kick the extra point, point. we go to overtime. But there's Hans Olsen, and I crawl on all fours to the back of the end zone, and I lift the leg on the goal post as if I'm urinating on the goal post. And I get a 15-yard flag, and they back up the extra point and our kicker misses the extra point. How do you deal with young Hans oh. Hans, your parents could come and pick you up and, <laughs> and take you back to Idaho. But, Coach, I was just having fun. You're the stupidest <laughs> asshole I've ever seen. There!
2: Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK is brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Time to talk Pac-12 title game now with Yogi Roth from the Pac-12 network. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get an iPhone 11 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease and eligible trade. And now through December 5, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Yogi, good morning.
3: Good morning, indeed. How you doing?
0: Good. Utah or Oregon? Who you got in the title game? Let's get right to the chase. <laughs>
3: well, I, I've been with Utah since the spring. You know, I remember going to spring practice, and I thought they were – they reminded me of the teams that we had at SC with the defense they had, everybody going to the NFL, how many talented players um, that they had and how they practiced. So uh, I'm going to stick with that, you know, and having called – Oregon over the weekend against Oregon State, you know, they got to play much better if they're going to want to have a chance in this game.
1: Did we see something that the Devils did in beating Oregon that the Utes can use in trying to do the same this week?
3: Well, it was a big explosive play to me is why Arizona State won that game. I, I don't think that's going to happen. You know? I think that secondary gets way too much pride and I haven't been there over the weekend. They stayed on top of Isaiah Hodgins. He didn't have a catch. On the whole first half, they, they only threw it to him once, and it was nullified by a penalty. So technically, they didn't go to one time in the entire first half. So I, I don't think they'll get beat deep. Um, I think uh, Oregon State at times they had a little success running the football and success throwing intermediate routes, but I, I think overall for Utah, what they do offensively just keeps everybody off balance. You know, much like Oregon State. You know, challenge for Oregon State. Is Jake Luton didn't play, so I think that right now. They just got to play their game. They got to run the football. It's play ID, play action pass. It's the zone read game. It's the boot game. It's the options. All the stuff that's just in their package. Uh, So that's what I think. And and really, it's defensively. can they shut them down? And Oregon State had a lot of success. Justin Herbert did not play his best game. And that offense did not play their best game.
0: Okay, I feel like they haven't played their best game since they beat USC. They looked spectacular and really put it on the Trojans that night, but the last three games, they don't pass the eyeball test, and obviously they lost one of them to ASU.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, Coming off their bye, you know, they smoked Arizona and then you referenced the ASU game. Um, I think that's fair, and I think this is a team that, you know, they're kind of like Utah last year to me when I look at Oregon. They're a little ahead of schedule. You know, in terms of all the expectations and hype and the way their schedule broke and the streak they went on. Uh, you know, and obviously they have a talented quarterback in Justin Herbert. But, but overall, I mean, let's not forget this program a few years ago was four wins, seven wins, nine wins, now ten wins, playing for the opportunity to win the Rose Bowl. So uh, with that being said, yeah, they gotta find their, they got to find their, their swag back a little bit. But the way they do it is by running the football. You know, the way they do it is with this offensive line. You know, they run the pistol, and that's going to be hard for Utah to defend. You know, I'm going to do a draw on Friday night. You know, we're going to have a pregame show at the site of the, the game in Santa Clara. And the first play I'm probably going to draw is a similar one against Arizona State when it's Lucky Foktu right behind him is Francis Bernard, and right behind him is Julian Blackman. And it's a blitz right at the A-gap, right over the center, and you just try to kind of set the tone for the game. The problem is when you're in the pistol, uh, which is the, the running back directly behind the quarterback and a shotgun, is that it slows down all your pressures. You can't blitz the back anymore. So, so to nerd out a little bit, the back, when, when Jack Moss is on one side of Tyler Huntley or the other, you've got the ability to blitz one side or the other, and there's tendencies there. You can get to the quarterback easier. Um, just things happen faster. When he's directly behind the quarterback, everything you have to pause for a second. And what does it do? It can uh, mess up your run fits. Especially when you're an aggressive defense like Utah, And all of a sudden CJ Verdell could go out the back door. And those are the things that I think are going to be different for Utah, and I expect some of the same in terms of a slow first quarter for them, because you got to get to know uh, just the timing of what this running game is like, the play action game is like, because it doesn't it does alter just how you play defensively, because everything's just a hair late. It's just the timing is totally different than anything they've seen all season long, and the challenge with that is that. Justin Herbert, he when he throws the ball, it's like a magnet. Like you you don't have a choice to catch him most of the time. You know, he can literally hit spots all over the field. So with that being said, I, I think that's gonna be the biggest challenge when I look at this game.
1: So to me, I'm real intrigued. There's all sorts of intriguing aspects to this game, but the biggest one is the interiors on both sides. You look at Utah, which has three senior defensive linemen right and you look at Oregon and they have four I think and then the other ones the, the kid from Utah Sewell who might be better than all everybody combined uh, on Oregon's line anyway so I'm real intrigued to see how that's going to play out Utah's great defensive line against Oregon's great offensive line is that a push or do you give somebody an edge
3: That's going to be the best part of the whole game to be honest like you know, we're going to hype up Huntley, Huntley for Heisman. We're going to talk about Herbert, number one pick, and Zach Moss and C.J. Verdell on the back at Oregon. But this is this is a game that is just different, right? Like in years past, we've had one-loss teams like Washington State, um, UW. They were built, you know, from the inside out when they went to the college football playoff. And you could argue even last year with Greg Gaines and company they all the guys that ended up leaving. This game on both sides, I don't think we've seen a game like this you know when it means so much in the Pac-12's history. I think about all the championship games. Stanford-SC by far is the best championship game we've had, right? It's in those two teams a couple of years ago with Sam Darnold and KJ Costello, this to me trumps that game, and I don't even think it's close. You know when you look at exactly what you said, and I just love it because here we are in a world where everybody I say playing in the sandbags, like with my son, and all the all the people that don't want to pay attention to this conference think that it's just a throwing conference. And think that it's just quarterbacks airmailing it all day long. And the two teams in the title game for the second straight year built on toughness and physicality. And you look at exactly what you referenced, man. It's going to be a blast. I can't wa- wait to watch Bradley and I against Panay Sewell at your reference. And I'm sure both of those guys can't wait to play each other as well. And and I think to your point, Jake Hanson being at center is going to be a key for this game for Oregon. He missed the last game and a half. And you could feel him in the ASU game. I think that was, you know, one of the main reasons that they ended up losing that ball game outside of the explosive plays. You know, everything was off timing-wise with the snap and the pistol and everything they talked about earlier. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton played, you know, very well over the weekend. Like they didn't seem to skip a beat. But they're at their best when Hanson's playing center. So, especially against a guy like Lucky Puka. So yeah, I'm gonna watch this game. And I think for the committee that's gonna watch this game after talking to Rob Mullins, they get how this team is built. And I think for this game, it's just gonna be phenomenal. And and then you add in the next guys, right? Troy Dye and Francis Bernard. Right? The guys behind those players, how are they going to you know, just be able to make plays off those blocks? I think it will be a really physical game and it's gonna be one that, you know, will wear you out by the time you're in the fourth quarter.
0: You kinda you you mentioned this a little bit earlier about the pistol and it's gonna take the Utes a while to get dialed in. Is this gonna look maybe a little bit like the Colorado and Washington State games where the Utes gave up yards, gave up drives early, and then were able to shut them down after that?
3: I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look, everything, I, I just believe this, that until um, you get in scenarios consistently, right, like Clemson or Alabama or even Oklahoma in the CFP, all these new stages where the stakes are higher, they're just new right? So the anxiety is new, the nervousness is new. Um, the anticipation is new. The hype is new. All of that. So I, I think it's going to take both teams, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it was a, if it was a game that took both teams a whole time to get, to kind of settle in. And, and specifically to that, these are two teams that scheme up on their offense, right? Air raid, as we all know, they don't worry about what the defense does. They're going to run their stuff. And a lot of offenses in this era a run pass option offenses. They they don't do a lot of that, you know, in terms of quarterback and having to check the line of scrimmage. So why do I say that? Because both coordinators script their first 15, right? So, and Andy Ludwig does as good a job as I've seen all season long in terms of, let me just see what they're going to do to this personnel, to this formation, to this motion, to this shift. And let me just mark that down and I'll get you. I'll see, I'll see you again in the fourth quarter, you know? So I think a lot of Utah when I watch them back is that. It's just like, what are we good at? Do we have a hot hand? How are they aligning to different things? And, all right, let's, let's trust that our defense is really good. Let's not make a catastrophic mistake. Let's not try to go three and out and give the, you know, the ball back to the other team extremely quickly. So, so that, to me, is going to be really fun. Like if you're watching this game at home or you're there in person, I- I'm watching the formations and the personnel groupings early on.
1: So, Yogi, when I look at uh, Utah getting into the playoff, I look at Oklahoma as being its number one threat, and I base it on star power, reputation in terms of historical nature of Oklahoma's program versus Utah, star power being Jalen Hurts, Lincoln Riley, and then if I go scheduling, I've got to give the advantage overall to Oklahoma but I'm thinking if the Utes can just really blitz Oregon, they can hold steady or move up a spot. Uh, because assuming Georgia loses, if Georgia doesn't lose, then I think uh, Oklahoma and Utah are in trouble there. But assuming for a second, for the sake of argument, Georgia loses, so that puts them off to the side and becomes Oklahoma and Utah. I already gave you my reasons as to why I think Oklahoma gives the gets the nod. Give me reasons why you think Utah should get the nod.
3: Yeah, well, I really think it's pretty simple, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but Rob Mullins, the chair of the committee and the eighty eight at Oregon, came on our set on Saturday. The pregame show was, was at the Civil War, and, and I asked him point blank about the Pac-12 brand in the room, you know, to that to that point, because every radio show in Big 12 country, in the SEC, and the East Coast, is saying that today, right. right? When you look at the math, and you look at the schedule, the strength of schedule, you know, I get the argument, especially if you look at the final game, um, being, you know, where Baylor is presumably going to be ranked. But I, I just go back to what he said, and he said they recognize, and he said it very clearly, how good of a team Utah is. You know, how, how they're built with their offense and defense, for all the stuff that we've referenced. So I say that because I, I think it's going to be one of these things where you come down to it. I think it's close enough on all the things you reference that it's going to come down, and they said this many times in the brief history of the committee, down to the football people in the room and the football people in the room say, you know you touched a better team right so and then here's some facts to back it up five of the last six games that oklahoma's played in they've won by one score or less three of the last five baylors played in they've won by one score or less you one game all year they've won by one score or less and it's on the road against UW. yeah so i don't think anybody's going to slap around and say uh, they don't respect him, right? Like that you, Washington's program is much much more respected than Iowa State or Texas Tech or you know other schools that you know you might have similar records or Kansas State in that conference. So I say that, and I'm really not stressing that much because I think Oregon's going to move up, right? So at worst they're 13th, they're probably 12 tomorrow night, and we'll see where Baylor and Oklahoma are ranked, But I just think that it's so muddy between six and you could argue 15, that, I, you know, it's you're splitting hairs. And I think if the committee is trying to be politically correct or if they're trying to do things just based on math, then, yeah, Oklahoma's going to get in or Baylor's going to get in. But that, that's, we already had that. That's called the BCS era, right, when everything was based on math. So based on an unemotional take and watching every snap this year, I think they're going to come down and say Utah's just a better team and the way they've dominated teams. I don't think they need to dominate Oregon. I think that argument is, is not accurate. I think they just got to play clean and prove that they can compete among those other three undefeated that we would presume.
0: So I would think that if you're a Ute fan, the argument you would hate in the room is that, Oklahoma, that the Utes against ranked teams, assuming they beat Oregon, they'll be 1-1. One and, one, and if Oklahoma wins, depending on whether Oklahoma State remains ranked or not, Oklahoma's going to be 2-0 or 3-0. So you think the yeah. eyeball test and the Utes are better trumps that stat? Because that stat would seem to be Oklahoma's best argument.
3: I think that's BS based on Arizona State beat Oregon, right? Arizona State's not going to be ranked. Oregon smack Arizona State, and right? I called that game. Right? Like you can kind of make those arguments as the year has gone on of like, hey, well, this team was really good then. And I just say that, I'm like, so many of these – ranked takes. So I get it. It's based on the CFP. It should be based on the CFP final rankings, right? But a yeah. lot of times you hear about ranked wins and it's like, well, when they were ranked in the AP, no offense to the AP, but I know people that vote in the AP, they don't watch every game. You know, they're seeing scores. They're watching the highlights, pretty much like the rest of the country. So again, I just go back to, and I sat in those chairs. like I got to be Rob Mullins. And they they allowed me to be a mock chair committee. And it's real clear, and the muddied part is that you look at the four categories, right? One being uh, conference champion. Both of them will have that. One being strength of schedule, right? It's kind of debatable, really, when you look at the overall score. Uh, look at common opponents, which uh, the one in this one is UCLA, and if it goes anybody's way, it would go Utah, right? So there's a metric there. And then the other one is comparable outcomes, right, which you know, that's not necessarily in play here. So I still think it's just going to come down to you looking at how the team's played all year long. And then the committee members, the challenging part, which is maybe the scary part is that everybody is tasked with putting in the four best, but four best is defined by each individual member. And I think that's a major issue with the committee to be quite honest with you, because Ronnie Lott might think it's the four best after Saturday next weekend. Yeah. Right. And, Todd Stansbury might think, the athletic director at Georgia Tech, formerly at Oregon State, might think four best is entirety and the body of work. So, you know, you look at Utah, their loss was the earliest loss among any teams in the conversation right now in the season. So you could argue they're playing the best right now versus, quote-unquote, ranked wins. So it's going to be it's going to be close, but I'm really curious to see what the committee does and I'd love to see, uh, obviously, Utah get a chance. I do think that they got a chance to, to make some noise if they get in
1: there. Yeah, we all agree with you. I think that uh, whatever Ronnie Lott says, I'm going to go with because he's so tough <laughs> I'm afraid that he might Agreed. find out I disagree with him. So, But I find it curious on the – I think that Utah needs to put it on, Oregon. You disagreed with that, said that's inaccurate. You're not going by margin of victory, but yet you go margin of victory in – stating the case against Oklahoma by saying that, well, they only had one score wins. So I don't, I don't see the consistency there. How come it's a, it's a negative for Oklahoma and the one score wins, but yet if Utah doesn't hammer Oregon, that isn't, that's viewed differently. To me, it, the consistency would be if I'm going to go uh, margin of wins over here, then if Utah really puts it on Oregon, I think they get in as opposed to not doing that.
3: Yeah, well, the reason I I think that is I don't think Utah's trying to, like, play the style points game. You know, like, I think they're just playing their game, and that's what they've done is just put it on teams. And I think for Oklahoma, they've just been in dogfights. You know, that's just kind of their reality. So if Utah's in a tight game against a top, whatever, let's just call it a top 14 team that everybody thought was going to the CFP until a week and a half ago by the time the airing of the, the rankings conclude, then the, the, to me, it's th- that's the challenging part, I guess, that I have when you look at Oregon was number five team in the country. Everybody had them pegged for the title, and now all of a sudden, if it's a close game in the title, we're going to say Oregon's, you know, not a talented team. You know, we're going to say, well, Utah needed to smash them. Like it's not like they're playing. It's not like it's Oregon, Arizona, a couple years ago. You know, like, and I don't think it's going to be that game. Like Oregon's talented. You know, yeah. like they've got your reference. You can argue the best old lineman. At least in next year's potential draft, the sure. guy, at number one, you know, potentially number one overall pick. So I just think that I don't think that a they're gonna smash him, and then b I think to say that they have to um, to, to put up style points over Oklahoma, who's gonna play a Baylor team, and neither one of those teams have been dominant all year long. I just think they're you're not paying. Not not you, but I think fundamentally that argument yeah. would state that. You know, voters are you I don't think know, they, they need to. to games.
1: I don't think they need to hammer Oregon. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if they do, I think that should be enough to get them in.
3: A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. If they. Yes. I, I'd agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, heck, if they win by two touchdowns, I think it's yeah. enough.
1: Me too.
0: Well, Yogi, as always, we appreciate a little time. Thanks for coming on our show now, and uh, over the years, we appreciate it. Yeah, hope to see
3: you guys in Santa Clara. I'll be there. All
0: right, man. Talk to you soon. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst. I think to the point about the scores, I just think there's diminishing returns as you run up, whether you beat a team by 17 or 24 or 28, not so impressive. But when you're trying to defend a two-point conversion at the end of a game and it's a one-point win – Okay, that says something. But after, yeah, you, okay. after you got a team beat, it didn't matter to me that the youth scored that last touchdown against Colorado. Yeah, but that's Colorado. This it was is, definitive. This
1: is Friday night, and the, teams, the, the 13 people are going to be voting on Saturday and Sunday. Put it fresh in their mind. A team, you said we, all, we only beat up lousy teams. Well, here we got a 10-win team that's top 15 or whatever they are in the national poll, in the, in the playoff poll, and we beat them by 21. I think that goes a long way. I don't care what you did against Colorado. Well, it, that it can't, might as well be last year. It
0: can't hurt. But when a game's thirty-one-seven in the third quarter, the message is sent. One team's way better than the other. And then whether or not you do the style points in the final fifteen okay, or twenty, thirty-one 31 seven. I'll take it. I don't, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it would. It would absolutely send a That's message. That's good enough for me. But but once you got a team beat, pouring on to the end doesn't but don't, do much for do, me.
1: But okay. But don't do what you did against Arizona and put in your second team guys. Keep it at thirty-one-seven. No, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's pretty much, I mean, they there were a lot of, I can't remember all 11 guys, but there were a lot of starters on the field for that last touchdown. I mean, obviously, Keithy scored it, and, and Tyler gave him the ball, so those two for sure. Huh. You know, so it wasn't, Kyle wasn't taking his foot off the gas for 38-15 with, I don't know, what was there, five minutes left in the game at that point? Right, right. I and mean, they had the game won. Continue to do it. But he dropped the hammer and good. got one more score. Good, good. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your reaction to Yogi Roth? Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Uh, Pick up the phone, 855-340-ZONE. This is 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
2: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. now really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend Justin Tucker for the winner from 49 yards snap is good kick on the way it is long enough and the kick is good the time has come off the clock the haze of the barn and the Ravens take down the 49ers and this house
0: is on fire as the Ravens celebrate at midfield there is the Chevy Strong play of the game. The Ravens game winner. They beat the Niners. The Ravens sitting in the driver's seat now for the number one seed. Playoff games at home. Tied to the Patriots at 10-2, and but they beat them head-to-head.
1: Yeah, good for them, you know, because uh, the other Harbaugh doesn't get near the run, John. They were Super Bowl, and then they slip a little bit. Oh, is he out the door? Well, they stay with him. You know, I, I'm not against coaching changes if it's an absolute right thing to do, but I'm dead set against coaching changes just because for change's sake. And so they stay with Harbaugh. They draft Jackson, who was, despite both of you guys arguing with me, taken at the end of the first round. Pick not 32. Eighth.
0: And look at him now. Two coaching jobs in the AFC North that fit into that whole find the right guy, stick with him, players come and go, and you have turmoil, but stick with a guy. Harbaugh, there, the whole quarterback issue, and they got that all sorted out pretty, pretty quickly, and they're right back in the top spot in the AFC. And in Pittsburgh, they played three different quarterbacks. Tomlin decides, well, once the injury makes him change, and they dig a huge hole. They had four losses real quick this year, where well, they won in four, I think. And now they've won five out of six. He changed quarterbacks again. He thought their third stringer could give him better production, and they win the game. And they're back in the playoff race. They probably won't go anywhere in the playoffs, but oh. given the injuries, they won without Connor oh. yesterday.
1: Oh. I mean, come
0: on. They're, they're, the they're Steelers started, started it. Back. Yeah, we started it. I got your T-shirts right here, Browns. That's a good coaching job, Mike, Mike Tomlin. That's what I'm getting at. You're playing three different quarterbacks. You've lost your star running back. You dug a hole early in the year, and yet – you're back, tied for the last wild. Card and what's the spot. record? Seven and five.
1: Well, geez, somebody else who played three quarterbacks this year, seven and five, and he's getting lambasted, and he's 45 miles down the road. Why are you doing that? Why are you ripping Satake, but yet praising Tomlin when they done did the same thing? Hypocrite.
0: <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, but I'm not getting drawn in. We got to get to this guy suck. Yeah, your take. Go.
2: As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. It's like a sucker, punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The
0: Zone Sports Network. Who sucked? How about the Philadelphia Eagles? All they had to do was beat the Dolphins. You know, there's a lot made of the fact that the visiting fans take over the Chargers, every Charger home game and all that. Eagle fans took over that Miami game. There are a ton of Eagles fans, and the Eagles are up two touchdowns in the third quarter. How did they screw that game up? They're 5-7 and seven now. I've seen teams know. suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. That was a terrible loss. Mm. Although the Dolphins almost mucked it up on the Hail Mary at the end. Don't bat the ball in the air. What are you doing?
1: I, I have to be careful by saying muck.
0: Uh, I caught it, though. <laughs> it was good. I was there. Let's Money. be careful with. <laughs> I went near the cliff,
1: but I was clearly. Screwed it up, maybe. You know, don't, don't go. That was very close. They're going to have to have Dean Blandino come in here and review that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Blandino. <laughs> Mike Pereira, what do you Jersey? think? Dean Blandino? I yeah. don't know. I think he's from California. Gene Steratore's, I think, from Pittsburgh. 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 Is that where he's from? He owns a paint company there. Okay. He's a paisan, but he uh, has a... I think they have a paint company that he did for all those years.
0: Anybody you'd like to put on here? I'm
1: going, and I don't like to go college kids, but the Georgia receiver Pickens there starting that fight. I'm just thinking, I'm watching this guy. Okay, one, two, three. You know the result, and there's so much at stake for Georgia, and it's Georgia Tech. It's like a fly in your face. Just swat it away and move on. Come on, man. You know you can't do that. You can't do that at any level. Similar to you, Jawad and Jennings from Tennessee stepping on the head of a Vanderbilt player on the sidelines. I saw that, the man. That, that didn't look good. Yeah, just like stuff like that. You that not hurt. It. On a
0: holiday weekend, do we go back to Thursday because the, the end of the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game? That was State bad, game, too. Yeah. That, was, that was another bad move. I don't think we go back because we
1: worked Friday.
0: Okay. Doesn't count. <laughs> Never mind. Thursday's out. Strike it from the record. <laughs> Stricken from the record. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.